Hey guys, welcome back to Crime Connect. Today is August 6th and this is your weekly update. I am here today with Jerusha. Hello. I am feeling pretty good today. Yeah? It's been a yeah. good day? Yeah, I think so. Good. Ava's behaved pretty well. Yeah. That's always good. That is <laughs> she is good. sick, so she's kind of like not up to full speed. <laughs> She's not up to full speed yet. Yeah. How was your day? It was better than yesterday. Yesterday I sat in the hospital waiting room for, I don't know, I'd say about eight hours. My mother was having a a procedure done on her heart. So I was her ride. And so I actually didn't, I didn't mind it because like nobody else showed up and I like to have my space. So it was just me by myself and I had my headphones on and I just stayed on my phone and I looked up cases and stuff like that. And then today, (laughs) like, I don't even remember, like, I remember coming home. I don't remember getting in bed, but I must have been so dang tired because I was hungry and everybody got to eat except for me because I drove. So I came home. I don't remember eating. And I, and I remember waking or I woke up this morning and my food was in the fridge. So I was hungry, but I didn't eat. And then uh, I think I was probably awake a whole 10 minutes before I fell asleep. I, 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 somewhere between the car and my bed, I don't know how I made it, but I woke up in my bed this morning and I was refreshed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I've been watching um, Shark Week Ooh, on uh-huh. the Discovery app. Yeah. I love Shark Week. I really want to go diving with sharks. You're brave. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I just want to see, like, I need to see it in person, you know, like, underwater in person. I really want to. I kind of like that, the the glass between me and the tiger sharks at at the aquarium. I'm I'm good with that. I want to feel like the water swish as their tail moves and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like on my bucket list. It's probably like number, it's tied for number one on my bucket list with seeing the um, Northern Lights. That would be cool. Yeah. Um. So before we get into stuff, I don't want to get into it too much. I just wanted to let you guys know that there are a couple of fake pages and groups that are using our name. Um, And just giving you guys a heads up that if you want to find us specifically, I have a link. I know I have a link on our Spotify to the page um and all of our groups are linked to the page i can also link the group if you're looking for the group which is crime connect the vaults it was created november 8th 2018 so that's a pretty good way to make sure you have the right one also check i would say too because yeah i would say check the admins but i feel like once we say that that the fake people will make fake pages you know what i mean so ouch I don't know. It. I mean, 
whatever imitation you know the best Flatter. form of flattery yeah. but i want you guys to have the right place so yeah. november 8th 2018 is our um, creation date on our group so now that we have that out of the way um i said in our last podcast um we talked about the shooting in gilroy california and I said that I had hoped it would be a long time before we had to do that again. And unfortunately, it was not at all. Um, we're not going to get into the shootings that happened this past weekend too much because I'm sure everybody knows about them and all the details. They've been everywhere. We did have a shooting in El Paso and in Dayton, Ohio. I think they were like 12 hours apart. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys have heard all sorts of different reasons why they happened. I'm sure on TV you've heard racism and politics and, I don't know, every mental health, guns, everything. But we've always believed with um, not just these shootings, but with a lot of the cases we have, that there's one sort of underlying social reason that these things are happening, and that is the idea of toxic masculinity. So we want to discuss that a little bit, because I know not everybody's familiar with what it means, mm -hmm. and I personally think it is so important to understand it and to recognize it so that we can prevent it. Yeah. Um, we see it all the time. Yeah, we do. All the time. And, and I'll go into why after I explained what it is. Because the term toxic masculinity can be alienating to some people. They don't want to think that all men are bad or evil. And we don't think that. Right. At all. In fact, I know psychologists who have studied toxic masculinity and aggression in men who believe that actually men are not inherently evil or aggressive at all. You're not born an aggressive man. That's not how it works at all. Right. Most men are good. But because of the way that we put these ideas of what a man should be into the heads of little children. Some men grow up and they can't handle it. And that turns to aggression. And that's what we're going to discuss. So I have a, a definition that's a little long. It's from the good men project. Um, it says toxic masculinity, masculinity is a narrow and repressive description of manhood as defined by sex violence status and aggression it's the cultural ideal the ideal of manliness where strength is everything while emotions are weakness where sex and brutality are yardsticks by which men are measured while supposedly feminine traits which can range from emotional vulnerability to simply not being hypersexual are the means by which your status as a man can be taken away. And what this means is, if you think about it, specifically think about teenage boys mm -hmm. in high school. 
especially in movies. Movies are a perfect example of how men or how boys think that their status as a man will be measured. Right. Because in movies, it's all, you know, who are they able to date and who are they able to sleep with? Right. And if they weren't interested in that sort of thing, if, if boys aren't really, you know, into sex yet at the age of 14, 15, they're called names. They're diminished as men. Right. They're made fun of. If they're not into aggressive sports like football, um, basketball, anything like contacty, then they're looked at as weak or they're called names like girly. If a, if a man or a, a teenage boy wants to be a cheerleader, he would be made fun of most likely, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and these things are causing young boys and young men to basically become stressed. And that stress is what causes the aggression later on. Um, if you think about what we tell even younger boys than that, if they get hurt, suck it up, be a man. Rub some Don't dirt cry. on it. Yeah, rub some dirt on it. Wipe those tears away and don't let me see you cry about your hurt knee. Yeah. When you don't allow young boys to express how they feel and express their pain, and in fact you make it so that their pain should be kept down and their hurt should be repressed, what do you think happens to that? It all starts As to they grow up. up. Yeah. When that boy grows up and he is a teenager and let's say he gets rejected by a girl, he's already been taught that that pain he feels, he needs to suck it up and not cry about it and not show that he's hurt. But because now this young boy has this internal conflict of not showing his pain but at the same time, he doesn't want to fail as a man. And in order to be a man, he's going to have to do one of the things that society has taught him to be a man. And if he can't have the girl, then automatically his brain is going to go to the aggression. Right. And that's where we see young boys in particular and men snap. This is a cause of a lot of domestic violence and stalking and unfortunately murders that we see. Right. Um, this guy, John Pleck, in 1995, he said that aggression can result when a man experiences stress deriving from a self-perceived failure to live up to the masculine expectation. And I feel like, just think about that. If you don't understand toxic masculinity, I just want you to think about what I just said. A boy or a man's self-perceived failure to live up to what society tells him a man should be. Right. That's devastating for them. Right. Um, 
and then they've they've never been taught how to handle their emotions. They have no idea how to handle this perceived failure. Hang on one second. What? I'm going to get my drink. Okay, go get your drink. You didn't have to come all the way out here, though. <laughs> yes, I did, Mom. This goes in a circle. Yes, I did, Mom. I'm here to tell you. And then go all the way back over there. <laughs> um, so... And one of the things, <laughs> slam the door. And one of the things that we um, hear a lot whenever we bring this up in our groups and on my page is anytime I mention toxic masculinity, I get that. Well, there's toxic females too. Mm. Yes. Anybody can be toxic. Right. But- Number one, by throwing that out there, you're not listening to the actual problem. Exactly. You're not listening to what is going on. You're trying to deflect from this issue we're having in society. Right. And number two, toxic females are not killing people at the same rate that men are. And this needs to be addressed. We can't continue to throw this under the rug because people are dying every single day. And it's not just women. Men are dying because of it, too. Men are being incarcerated because of it. And men are ruining their own lives because of what we're teaching them. So in the U.S., 93% of women are killed by a man they know. 93% of women who are murdered are killed by a man that they know. Somebody that lives in their house, a friend, somebody that they know on a personal level. And men in our society represent 90% of the perpetrators of violence. Those are extreme numbers. They are. I mean, that's extremely high. Um. (laughs) Well, and if we think that men are not born to be violent, then we need to address what is causing them to be violent. Exactly. What is causing these high numbers of shootings, domestic violence, um, murders of girlfriends and wives? Relating to the shootings in particular, um, the website Mother Jones did an investigation earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And they found of the mass shootings between 2011 and now... 22 of those, which represents a third of all mass shootings in that time frame, Mm -hmm. 22 of those involved um, violence against women. And it was the perpetrators of those shootings. 86% of those shooters had domestic violence records. Wow. 32% of those shooters had a history of stalking and harassing women. And 50% of those shooters were specifically targeting women. Wow. That can't be ignored. No. And this isn't just white men either. When it comes to toxic masculinity and mass shootings that involve toxic masculinity, the shooters are not just white. 
that's a whole other subject when it comes to political shooters. But these shooters are not just one race because it's a society issue. And many of them are influenced by this, I don't even know what to call it, this movement or this group of people that call themselves incels. They believe that they are involuntarily celibate, meaning they it's the women's either fault. it's the women's fault that they're not having sex and they deserve sex. They, you know, put themselves out there and because they put themselves out there and asked you for sex, you should say yes. And if you say no, something is wrong with you, not them, and and not in a not in a a nice way. It's in a you're a bitch and you only like chads and it, the whole movement is stupid and ridiculous, but they believe it a hundred percent. They go online and, and it's they scary. talk about it like that's yes. all all you'll see is that they just can just whine and just complain about mm-hmm. what they're what they're not getting and how they're how they're 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 put in the friend zone or or mm-hmm. you know this is what we do uh, we do this for for the women we do this for them we do that and this is we get nothing well we don't owe yep. you anything nope we have the right to say no yep and some of these people have even gone as far as online talking about how to trick women into going out with them or sleeping with them. And sometimes there have been posts about how to rape women because that's what they feel like is the next step for them. It's, it's a very sad movement, honestly. Yeah. Um, we saw one of these people in the Santa Fe shooting in Texas last year. This was a, a school shooting. Oh, the yeah. shooter had had harassed this girl for months and months and asked her out again. And she said no. She had been nice to him up until this, but she was tired of being harassed. So I she remember. finally said no. And she may have done it in front of the class because she was just so fed up with the harassment. Mm-hmm. And the next week, he shot up the school, starting with her. Yep, and the shooting that. was specifically because he was rejected. So this kid had no idea how to treat women, how to handle being told no, and how to handle the rejection. Right. And so his brain went to the aggression. Because, again, society tells you sex, be a man, be tough, be strong. Be aggressive. And it's not just how kids are being raised at home either. It's what they're seeing on TV, Mm -hmm. um, commercials, what they talk about on the Mm -hmm. radio, the songs, the the lyrics of of the music that they listen to. I mean, they're, they're, they, they are, especially in the teen, you know, we were talking about teens earlier and, and, you know, why, why teens are um, the way that they are. They go off of whatever information is is they're being given. They're mm-hmm. they're sponges. They're soaking in left and right, and they're trying to yeah. process all this information on top of the fact that they're also a child in an adult's body. 
and they don't yeah. understand anything yet. They're, they're, society looks at them and they're, and they're saying, you're old enough to understand this. But when in actuality, yeah. they really aren't. And so they don't understand yeah. it and they get angry. They get frustrated. They, they're like, well, you know, my friend lost their virginity when they were 13 and I'm, I'm 15 and I haven't lost my virginity yet. There is no age for this. There's no yeah. age for, for, for when you lose your virginity. There's no age for your first kiss. There's no age for your first date. It is how you end up, you know, going on in life and, and finally deciding this is the moment. It's not something that's like put out there for you to just grab and say, this is mine now. Yeah. And a lot of people, when we talk about this, get defensive about the raising of their own children. Like we're telling them they did something wrong. And like you said, it's what they see. You could do everything right. But if, if our society is still making movies and paying for these movies to be made by box office tickets and rentals and stuff like that, that highlight toxic behavior, mm -hmm. then it's not going to, it's not going to stop and it's not going to change. And we have to see the big picture of what our kids are, are taking in through their friends through movies and music, like you said. And there are things we can do to stop this. First, you need to educate yourselves about the issue, about toxic masculinity. If you don't understand it, Google it. Read everything now, hold you can on. read and try I and just, understand. I just Googled it. In the first uh -huh. 10 articles, only one of them actually talked about toxic masculinity as it is. Everything else was debating toxic masculinity. So, yeah, really, there are I mean, a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, there is. So, it, when you're when you're going online and you're trying to Google and you're trying to find stuff, I mean, read read both sides of the coin. You know, you know, or read both sides of the tale. You want to know, mm -hmm. you know, this or that or whatever, but make sure that you're understanding what we're talking about. It's not that we're saying that all men are toxic, that all men have this issue. We're talking about the fact that, you know, our children today are growing up in a society where everything is being pushed at them, whether it's at home, whether it's at school, whether it's at church, whether it's at mm -hmm. um, on the streets, whether it's with their friends. It doesn't matter or online or in a video game when they're playing a game online. It doesn't matter somewhere some there. The mold is being made as they grow. And, mm -hmm. and it's about reassuring our children that there is no reason for them to act out aggressively in any manner, sexually, uh, violently, emotionally. I mean, we don't want to bottle it up either, though. We want them to, uh, to allow them to explain themselves without mansplaining and cond being condescending. And, but also being able to like get it all out and say, listen, this is, this is how I'm feeling right now without it being like this burst of energy and it, it's a slap across somebody's face. Yeah. And you can get, get help before it gets to the aggression point. This is the big part of understanding what we're talking about and learning about it. If you have young boys, I mean, if you have young children in general, but if you have young boys, understand this because you can stop it before 
aggression happens by understanding when your child is having um, distress and that distress is due to some sort of societal definition of gender. If the distress is based on girls and dating or the distress is based on not being interested in interested in what other boys are interested in, that sort of thing. Right there, talking to your children or maybe getting your child help in therapy or in a positive program, uh, after school programs, stuff like that, that are positive and teach young boys how to be positive, that can go a long way because you don't want to wait till the aggression part. Right. Um, as a mother of three boys, I, I feel, I mean, and I'm not trying to like, you know, say I'm the master and I know at all, mm-hmm. but I feel like I was, I always made sure that my kids understood how to explain themselves and, and that they, that they, they were able to handle their emotions and go through mm-hmm. their emotions and, and that type of thing. But when I felt like there was an issue, if I couldn't correct it, yes, I put my child in therapy. I, I'll be the first one mm-hmm. to say it. I, you know, but as an adult, it's harder for a man to accept responsibility mm-hmm. um, or to even know that there is a reason to accept the uh, responsibility for, for their um, aggression, for their toxic masculinity. Um, and they actually have to figure out how to own that before they can accept, yeah. accept uh, um, therapy or help. And they can fix it themselves. It's just a matter of knowing um, that what they're what they're doing to whoever the, whomever that they're you know aiming at is, is hurtful. And it, just if you're wondering um, why we think this is important to talk about, the shooter in Dayton had warning signs. So many warning signs. I can't even understand well I mean I understand why nothing was done is because we don't have an outlet to deal with this yet but in school he had not just a hit list but a rape list Mm -hmm. he had a band in which he sang songs about butchering women yes he did was it you that told me he held a gun to a girlfriend's head no it wasn't me Somebody told me that. Hmm. Um, there were warning signs. Yeah. Lots and lots of warning signs. And people this in high school, who... people in high school that went mm-hmm. that went to school with him, they they're all saying now they that you know the see something say something. They if they had known that this is how it was going to be, they would have said mm-hmm. something back then. Yeah. It needs to be taken seriously when we see behavior like this, because it's not just not normal, but it becomes more and more and more aggressive as time goes on. And these people, it's like a snowball effect. Their beliefs specifically against women will just continue to snowball because no woman wants to be around that. And then because no woman wants to be around that, they just get worse and worse. Right. And one of the things that I want to make sure that we, that, that we talk about when we're talking about toxic masculinity, there's a difference between toxic masculinity and regular masculinity. 
Um, Absolutely. One can be masculine without ever having toxic masculinity. Um, A man Mm. can be a man. A man can be masculine without being toxic. And we love men. We are not men. (laughs) We love men. So this is not like, oh my God, these women hate men. No. No. But I know that my husband is respectful, would never be aggressive, would never say anything to diminish my role as a human. And he's a very manly man. Mm -hmm. So you can be masculine and be respectful Mm -hmm. and not toxic. Yeah, and the dating pool is full of tons of people out there that just, I mean, you can tell, like, right away whether or not you're going to get along with them or or not. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But, you know, I can tell after, like, two or three sentences whether or not I'm going to be able to keep talking to the same person or not because of the way that they talk to you. They're, like, I mean, I've stopped conversations because, you know they they get they want they want to know what size bikini i wear and what am i wearing what does my underwear look like and all that stuff and i'm like you know hello i don't even know you you need yeah, to back off if you're dating don't put up with that bullshit exactly that is not manly and there's don't also there's also the ones that are like uh um oh now that now that you and i are talking just go ahead i'm claiming you you're mine so yeah. I don't want to see you on the dating sites anymore. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't get to claim me. We can keep talking. But I don't want to talk to you anymore anyways. Because you just said you claimed me. Like I'm some freaking thing you just bought on eBay. That ain't mm-hmm. how this works, pal. Nope. Yeah, dating is scary. It is it comes scary. To this stuff. Because so many people, you want a relationship. And some people will overlook little flags, little red flags, because they see other good, good things. Mm -hmm. But if you see any bit of this type of toxic behavior, it will just get worse. That little red flag will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And to the point where you might be in a relationship with this person and it's hard to get out now. So, yeah, shut that shit down. It doesn't mean that... Somebody somebody with toxic masculinity, they can have a good side. But that yeah. doesn't mean that their good side is going to weigh their their the the bad the bad side. Their bad mm-hmm. side could I mean, they could literally snap, you know, because mm-hmm. everything just builds up and they're just done. And then then they snap, they go off on you and they hit you or they do whatever to you, and what are you going to do? You need to walk away. But what are they going to try to do? They're going to try to pull you back in, say they're sorry, they love you. And, and try mm-hmm. to say, you remember remember that one time and wasn't that perfect? Let's go do that again. Let's go to your favorite place. Let's do this. That, that the toxic part is still going to be there no matter what. So you, you have to figure out whether or not you're going to continue on and, and if it's even worth it. And, and most of the times it's not. And that goes for, for, for like even just friendships. I mean... And that's the other thing is that men with, with the toxic, toxic males do not believe 
that women and men can just be friends. Yeah. They don't if believe friends, that, it's, you must, that it's possible. You must it's like possible. them or, yep. you know, you've been friends for this many months. Why aren't you together? Why are you playing hard to get? Yeah. Just because you bought me a drink at the bar does not mean that we're best friends now and you cannot come sit next mm-hmm. to me. Thank you very much for the drink. Nod my head. Good night. And it is not your responsibility to fix anybody. Nope. If you see these warning signs, you can walk away. Yeah. No is a complete sentence. Yes, Just walk it away. Is. Do not even try to attempt to fix somebody and, you know, who knows what do you would do to your own life in the process of that. Yeah. Take care of yourself. And we're not trying to, like, I think the main thing is, is that we need to make sure that we're aware of people's behavior and whether or not we feel it's positive or negative. And if we start to see a trend with one person um, in our life that, that is concerning, that maybe maybe it is something that needs to be addressed. Maybe it's something, you know, you, you can talk to them about. It, like Crystal mm-hmm. said, though, it's not our job to fix anybody. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is... See something, say something, do something. Don't let it just like pass you by. If somebody says like, okay, here in here here in um the one county over, a kid was playing what's that song? The one about the kicks. Um all the other kids with the pumped up kick oh, or all yeah. that song. He was uh-huh. playing that song and flashing like a um some sort of like automatic weapon. I don't remember what it was. Um, they, they, people reported it. People figured out who it was and the police went and they arrested him. He was a kid. He's a teenager in high school and they arrested him. They took him in for it. And I'm so glad that they, they, they did that. And it was because of things that's what's happened over the last, what I think eight or nine days, we've had three mass shootings right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because of things like that. And the fact that now school is becoming in session, that people are starting to pay more attention. And, and this kid was caught so quick. It ended up being like a, a, a toy weapon or li- like an imitation weapon or of some sort or whatever. But the, the threat was taken for real. And the situation was handled correctly by the, by the officers in the county. Um, but it's a matter of making sure that whoever you're worried about, if you don't feel like you can approach them yourself, that you can go and try to talk to somebody else that may have a better chance of getting through to that person. And if nobody can get through to them, it's about what the next step is and maybe just watching and, and waiting to see how far this person will talk or say something so that you can make a, maybe a police report or, um, call call 911 maybe the person needs help you know you don't know what what it's really going to be but you know pay attention to your surroundings just something we wanted to go over because it's important and we see it in every almost every single case we cover yeah okay so we have to talk about amanda custer Mm -hmm. so this is a weird one. Didn't we start off well, with a police chase with this one? And that's how it all started? Yeah. So on the morning of July 31st, I woke up 
and there had been a police chase that ended in a standoff and so we were at the standoff point already and which we watch a lot we watch a lot of videos uh, like crime or police chases in in the vault so this was one of them right we watch a lot and i thought it was a police chase but it turned out it wasn't an actual chase like he had just parked and they found him asleep in the car it was a standoff like for five hours or something yeah um they found him at like 2 45 in the morning Mm -hmm. sleeping and then it turned into this long standoff so i'm gonna rewind okay um because after i saw the standoff i you know figured out what was going on and it turned out that this guy robert camu had forced his girlfriend amanda custer into the back of his prius the night before um, and this was seen by witnesses and called in immediately because they put out, you know, alerts for him. And um, Robert was out on bail because in April he had already assaulted Amanda and he had like four charges of assault and battery, burglary, got bail, had a GPS ankle monitor. Which doesn't stop you from actually doing anything. Because he either cut it off or got it to malfunction or something. And then went and found Amanda. Forced her into the back of his Prius. And then took off. 2.45 in the morning, they find him sleeping in his vehicle at an intersection. It turned into a whole ordeal with SWAT. Um... It's pretty frustrating because he just wasn't getting out of the car. And eventually they ended up breaking the windows, putting tear gas in there. And then he came out with no fight, no nothing. He just wanted to prolong his incarceration, I assume. Yeah. Um, There was no sign of Amanda in the car except for some bodily fluids that were found on a tarp, which we don't know if they were hers, but we could assume. Yeah. Well, Um, from what I understand, um, somebody actually saw him carrying a, a limp, limp Amanda to the car and called it in. Uh, this is what I, what I was, was reading today was that they, that somebody called in a domestic violence, uh, on, on, on the residence and somebody, a neighbor saw Robert carrying Amber to the car and uh, I'm sorry, Amanda, Amber, Mm -hmm. my bad, Uh, Amanda to the car. And uh, so it was called in. It was just a matter of, of, uh, like you said, he had gotten his bracelet off or whatever. And I don't think they actually knew who had, who, who they were. I mean, I don't know if they knew that, that, you know, Amanda and Robert by name or by face or whatever. But they were obviously a neighbor, and they were concerned about her being the w- carried the way that she was being carried, because they said the the description was lifeless, was what I read. Oh, terrible. Mm-hmm. So after he was taken into custody, this was a pretty big story that morning, the standoff, um, and reports started coming in, and one of them is that that the car was last seen near Mount Baldy. 
this is near Los Angeles, but in the Pomona Claremont area. Mm-hmm. And Mount Baldy is a small little mountain. A lot of people go up for the day so they can see snow and then you can come right back down. Um, it's actually known for um, a murder back in the early 2000s, I think. Um, but yeah, it's a, I mean, you could hide anything up there for sure. Um, so it was seen in that area, but the craziest thing is that it turns out Robert stopped in downtown Los Angeles at a bar and on video rapped about killing and burying his girlfriend. In the dirt. Mm-hmm. And we have that video in our group, Crime Connect, The Vaults. It's it's creepy. Yeah. I mean, he had... There is nothing in his face that shows any remorse. And he's literally, like, partying up. He was dressed... He was dressed pretty nice. Wasn't he wearing, like, a black blazer or something? I'm pretty sure... So. Yeah, and he was dressed really nice. He looked like he didn't look anything like the mugshot that they have of him. I mean, I could not tell you that they were the same person at all. Um, but uh, I mean, there was like there was no life in the, like. It wasn't just general speaking that he was going to kill and bury his girlfriend. He literally was saying he did already. Right. Like in front of everybody. And right. that the police were going to get him. And um, Robert contacted, or he walked up to the guy afterwards, after uh, the you know, he did his uh, little mm-hmm. rap. And he asked the guy wh- where he was going to post it. Now, the article doesn't say what the guy's reply was. But um, it, it he just said, Robert just said, that's cool, that's cool. You know, like, no big deal. It wasn't going to bother him whether or not it was posted anywhere or whatever. But the person, I'm, I'm trying to find the article right now. I, I thought I had saved it and put it in the um, the, the group, but I haven't. But um, the person that videotaped it now doesn't want to be seen on camera, doesn't want to, you know, want to be named. Um, he, he wants his name, like, left out of it. But, you know, he's actually scared. Like, he doesn't want anything to do with Mm-hmm. Robert at all, which I don't blame him for at all. So this was July 31st and right. it's now August 6th. Amanda's still missing. They've expanded the search area to include um, an area near San Bernardino called Little Creek. Okay. But there's no sign of her right. anywhere. And that's a big area. I mean, from the Pomona area, downtown LA, to all the way to San Bernardino. This is where I used to live in California. I used to live right next to Mount Baldy. Okay. Right next to the street that they said he was on. Wow. And this area is huge. And yeah, when you go towards San Bernardino, there's a lot of desert. If you go towards Mount Baldy, there's a lot of mountain. So I just, yeah. So are there, there's a lot of like hilly areas and roads and stuff off that way. So he could literally be like anywhere around there. 
she can't yeah i mean like, that's what i mean he could have he could have dropped her off anywhere around there absolutely and i don't really see him taking her and digging a hole and having time to do all of that and go to downtown la and rap you know what i mean and then be found at 215 in the morning or 245 right. in the morning so she could I, be, I don't think she the time be, yeah could be in a dumpster too i guess i i mean i'm not i'm not getting a good feeling about this at all i mean you know once i once i heard about the video and stuff because I, I just you know i just saw it as another another one of our videos where we were watching whatever was going on yeah, our live watch parties uh -oh. yeah i had hoped that they got into we see this sometimes with domestic violence they get into a fight and then go their separate ways right and I hoped she had been staying with a friend or something. But then when I saw the wrapping video. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually um, a sign of a struggle in the apartment or in the in the residence and then the tarp and somebody I'm trying to remember which article and I don't want to say this and be wrong. It was it wasn't an article. OK, um, this could I found the one that I was looking for a second ago. Uh here it is. It says a witness reported seeing Camo putting Custer's limp body in the cargo hatch of his Prius near a home in the 600 block of Vaquero Road early Monday morning. It was her last reported sighting. And they said investigators also said they found blood at the scene. So she wasn't even put in like she wasn't like put in the front seat. She wasn't put in the back seat. He put her in the hatch. Right. Yeah. So there was obvious reasons to be concerned. I just feel for her family and her friends. I know we have some in our group and we're following Amanda's story. Not going to stop. I still have her name on my tweet deck um, so that if anything pops up, I'll know right away. Um, right. I just hope they find her because not knowing is always, you know, the worst. Yeah. And his father, and her I father you know, writing that handwriting a note, a, a mm -hmm. letter to the media i mean we we all just sit here and text and we type or whatever but think about actually handwriting a letter that you're going to hand over to the media i mean he put some time mm. and and energy and a lot of emotion in that in that letter uh his, his call to find amanda well just another example of where you know unfortunately toxic masculinity can lead to this is clearly somebody who didn't care about life in general and to kill a woman and then rap about her death as if it's funny. Right. It's just it's disgusting. It's definitely so, not funny at all. Um, you can find all the information we have about this one, again, in our group, Crime Connect the Ball. I have the original standoff video, the rapping video, and all the updates in there and i just posted the one about the uh the man who who recorded it so it's in there now too good now on to another very toxic man very toxic. <laughs> it's my favorite dude in the whole wide world not <laughs> the epitome of toxic masculinity here <sighs> so we have some updates in the jennifer dulos case i want to get to some quick short ones first um we did learn that a bloody shirt and bra 
belonging to Jennifer were found, yep. along with two mops. And these were found in, I, I don't know, I saw different discussions. And in the article, it said in the trash bins in Hartford when they were searching through looking for evidence. So they, they weren't found this week. They were found. Right, they were. They were, they were they originally, were originally Yeah, they were originally part of the 30 bags that were found. And they yeah. were finally, I think that they finally got tested and, and that, that was evidence that they were willing to allow to be released uh, so that, you know, the information was out there. That, yes, the, the blood and the clothing, and it was literally the shirt that she was, the last shirt that um, she was known to be wearing. So yeah. it's it's not just... It, it's not just any one of Jennifer's shirts or bra. It was the shirt that Jennifer was wearing that day she disappeared. And yes. The- and I always forget to remind people Jennifer Dulos disappeared May 24th. Yes. She um, is a mother in Connecticut. Very smart, educated woman. Her estranged husband and his girlfriend have so far been charged with what is it tampering with evidence and Mm -hmm. interfering with prosecution or something like that or is it just tampering with evidence i think it's tampering with evidence and then i i'm almost positive the the interfering with the investigation was part or or something like that was was a part of it too so this case has been crazy We've, I think we've talked about it in almost every podcast because there's always something new. So mm-hmm. really good to find that evidence because even without a body, if God forbid they don't find one, there's solid evidence there. Um, there was also a story that um, the murder weapon may have been found. A knife was yeah. found in the trash bags, in some trash bags, in the trash cans where Dulos dumped the trash bags that he dumped. Um, And this was verified on video that um, a man was searching through those trash bins. He says he found a knife. It had blood on it. And I believe he exchanged it for $5 or $10 of crack cocaine. It was $5 worth of crack. $5. And the deal, I'm trying to remember, I, I'm looking it up right oh, now because because they even, the dealer's name? name was Fudge. Fudge, yes. Yes. So they're, now police are trying to track down Mr. Fudge so they can take a look at that knife. Um, he said that it was both a pillow and the knife, but the pillow wasn't going to mm-hmm. be any good to him. So the knife would have gotten him a little bit of something, something. So he took the knife and, and um, traded that for five bucks worth of crack cocaine from Mr. Fudge. So, I mean, obviously the officer, the, the law enforcement are looking for Mr. Fudge and I'm calling him Mr. Mm-hmm. just because, but uh, they don't Unfortunately, really care though, about the five dollars. Even... Let's, let's just get the damn yeah. knife and see if like her blood is actually on it. If, if, I really don't think like it's been on it's I think it's been been changed with too many hands by now that it's yeah, gonna be an issue. Probably cleans. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. But the DNA her if her DNA is on there or even uh Fotis's DNA is on there, it's it's gonna stay in there in the handle in the in the 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 guard 
in between the guard, in the handle, mm -hmm. in the any cracks or crevices or anything like that. Uh, just because you wash a knife and stick it through the dishwasher, it doesn't mean it's 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 completely sanitary sanitized. Right. I the best thing would probably be if they could somehow link it to Fotis as like a personal knife, like a hunting knife like or something, something that purchase, is like right? on paper or a photograph or something that they can definitely trace back to him. That he would probably be the of, best. Right. He does a lot of water skiing. He does a lot of sports. He's got to mm. have something that, that somebody has seen him purchase a knife at some time or another and re or would even remember the, the knife um, somehow. But uh, tying the knife is to Fotis will be, I guess, difficult at this point. But at least... Um, the the guy's story lines up it sounds like the officer or the law enforcement did go and talk to this person because of the video and that mm -hmm. was what you know he he told them his story and he was honest i'm i'm not sure how far along that they had to like get him to talk or whatever but he was honest he finally got it out there that you know yeah i traded that knife for five dollars worth of crap from fudge so fudge if you're out there they don't want they don't want to bust you for drugs they they just want the knife that's all they want this case is crazy yeah so there is another little twist in this case hmm. um that may or may not have anything to do with the actual case but there's tons to be speculated about right so we found out that one of Fotis's lawyers that represented him in a civil lawsuit um, was arrested. His last name is Mahini. And he was arrested for violating a restraining order against his wife. Right. Which might not sound too scandalous, but it turns out that Fotis is involved in this. Mm -hmm. How many things can he be involved in? I don't know. But it turns out that, yeah, Right, the week before, or the week of his wife's disappearance. Yep, just days before. Was, yeah, he was <coughs> calling the lawyer's wife. On May 19th, first they met at like a cafe or something. Um, and Fotis kept trying to get her to reconcile with the husband. Now, she has serious claims against her husband, including rape. And... Fotis is trying to get her to drop the divorce, drop the accusations, and go back to this man. And she wasn't sure. Over the next few days, he kept calling her, telling her that her husband would, you know, sign an agreement to treat her with respect, which, can we pause and just discuss how fucked up that is, that you have to sign an mm. agreement to treat your wife with respect, number one. Yeah. And number two, that that's not a law-abiding agreement in the first place. You know, like, mm. what does that mean? What do you, He's just um, going to keep throwing it in her face. Like, look what you signed. Look, look. See right here? Right. You promised. So and the police then, are going to laugh at him. Um, On May... 22nd they spoke for the last time i think they spoke twice that day the first time fotis actually called her and said her husband was threatening to file fraud charges against her for a macy's bill 
which to me sounds like, you know, you better reconcile this or he's going to mm-hmm. file charges against you. He was also trying to get her to come to his house in Farmington to meet. And he was, they were going to meet up at Fotis's, right? Yeah, Fotis's house in Farmington. Yeah. So, so she had spoken to her lawyers and her lawyers were like, absolutely not. Do not meet with right. anybody without us. And he, Fotis eventually called back and said her husband apologized about the fraud threat and that he wasn't going to do it and he wasn't mad about it. So, but and it makes you wonder, like, because Fotis like has all of these, these high class, high paint, or you know, these high paint or highly well paid uh, people that are like on his case mm-hmm. and and working for him. I'm almost wondering, was this his way of having to pay off some of this debt to the attorney? You know, hey, I'm going to do right. you this favor, or or right. was it, you know, like a throw mama from the train type of thing where like. Hey, I'll deal with your wife if you deal with mine, you know? That's, to me, what it kind of sounds like. Because Fotis was telling this lady, hey, come to my house in Farmington. You could even use one of my rooms as a sex room to, you know, reconcile with him. When she wanted nothing to do with him. Right. Like, why did he want her there so bad? And this is May 22nd, just two days before Jennifer disappeared. Mm Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And get this. Could you... The woman in the court papers, she even said that before, this is one of the reasons she got the restraining order. She found a man at her house with a crowbar and a can of gas. And yep. she freaked out and called the police. And he Good claimed that the husband hired him six months before to fix the garage door. And so no arrest was made. With a can of gas and a crowbar? Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. So it Uh -uh, sounds like this lady had already thought, even before Jennifer disappeared, she already thought that her husband, the lawyer, was trying to kill her and may have hired somebody to do it. And this has been a theory we've had in Jennifer's case all along. And now it turns out that somebody in his close proximity to him may have right. somebody had that actually dealt idea. with him on one one on one with him right so how insane is that yeah and i mean could you i could not even imagine i mean two days prior to mm-hmm. jennifer going missing and then putting all the puzzle pieces together and realizing that fotis was the one that was calling fotis was the one that was doing all this stuff and then now Fotis's wife is missing. Could you imagine mm-hmm. the 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 fear that that woman has? And what if Fotis had everything set up to kill this other lady? And when it didn't work out, he just he had to take care of it himself to use that on Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. everything he may have already had set up. And can we talk about the fact that he whined about the ankle bracelet chafing his 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 poor baby ankle? And so yeah. can he please wear it on his wrist? Yeah, Fotis has asked the judge to move his GPS monitor to his wrist because it was irritating the skin on his ankle. And they'd already moved it once. 
right? Mm -hmm. From one ankle to the other. So the, the uh, courts decided that it was okay for them to put it on the ankle. Well, let me tell you what. They should have put it around his neck. Yeah. That's where I think it should have been. Because around it's its neck, his neck, he can hide it like like with, with long sleeve shirts, like a, a, mm-hmm. a watch that he doesn't want anybody to see. But you put that sucker on his neck, everybody's going to see that. And he can't get Not away with mention, anything. Because he's, he's really trying to... He's, he's just a big old whiny baby. How tight is it on your wrist? I, you're, they, they're going to give you enough slack that you can uh, adjust it so that it's not, you know, resting on your ankle bone or it's not like doing this or that or the other. But it's also mm-hmm. not going to have enough room for you to like slide it off and on. It's going to be on. It's going to rest just over that ankle bone. But I mean, it, it they make it so that it's like not. If I move my thumb down, my hand is about the same width as my. Thank wrist. you. So you dislocate your thumb, you can get out of a a, a tight like 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 um, handcuffs mm-hmm. or a, a bracelet, just like what we're talking about right now. All you have to do is dislocate your thumb, and it'll slide right off. That's why they use the ankle and not the ri- the wrist. I feel like he's gonna escape. He's gonna well, find some they, way to go on the run. Didn't he have to turn his passport in, or did he not? He did. Yes. Right. But I want to so put him to have face. Yeah. yeah. He, I, I, he might have a plan in place. That's for sure. This case is a roller coaster. Um, if you guys want up to the minute updates as soon as we have them, we have our group, which is Jennifer Dulos Disappearance and Case Discussion by. And he goes to Friday. court this Friday. Yep. So we'll have an update on that next week. Yeah. Okay. So we have an, a new case. We don't have a group, but we have a thread in the vault. Um, this is an international case out of Malaysia. Uh, this is the case of Nora Quarren, who is 15 years old. And Jerusha, you have notes on this case? I, I have a lot of notes on the resort. Um, and I, I've been kind of like going over the, the stuff that's in there. I know that she is not, um, she doesn't have the like-mindedness of, of a 15-year-old. Yeah, so early on it was reported that Nora had some learning disabilities. Um, there's been some speculation on different um, message boards and threads on Facebook about what those disabilities are, but mm-hmm. um, that's all I've really heard is learning disabilities. So right. Nora and her family traveled to Sarambin, Malaysia. It's a smallish town. And it's in the safe area of Malaysia. And I only say that because there's a travel warning for Malaysia right now for a a specific part of it. This was not in that part of it. So this was a safe area. Um, The head of the resort even said that they've never even been robbed before. Nothing like this has ever happened there. Um, So they, I think it's a small resort, right? It's only like 20. It is. It's. Um, 
it, it it's four thousand four thousand acres of land, but it's mm-hmm. only like like I think twelve or twenty houses. I think it's twelve yeah. houses, and 12 and the capacity right. level is twenty twenty adults is the capacity. Okay. Um, and what they had was like a small house, so it wasn't right. like a like a big hotel. It was a small house. They're all um, they're all little co- they're all little houses spread a, mm-hmm. spread out. They're not all like together, so that you have like a remote area for your for your pleasure, your your um trip. There's you don't have like a neighbor like right next door, right? So they had just gotten to Malaysia. This was their I mean first night, second day. Basically, they all went to sleep on their first night there. They wake up, I believe it was August 3rd, and Nora is gone. A window is open, and she's gone. Now, her family says it is absolutely not like her to go off on her own. Um, she's 15. She's not a little child. Even with learning disabilities, she's not, you know, somebody who wanders. Um, she may have only been in her undergarments. But there's some speculation that that might be a translation error. Mm-hmm. It's translated as undergarments, but it, it could just be it like, you be know, nightwear. Night yeah. Right. Um, so I'm assuming like her shoes weren't missing, stuff like that, because I haven't read that anywhere. Right. Her family is certain that she was abducted. And they were even told at one point that it was being treated as an abduction. And then once mm-hmm. that started getting published, the Malaysian authorities came back and said they're not treating it as an abduction, just a missing person's right. case. There's some frustration there because some people believe that they don't want to hurt their tourism industry by saying she was right. abducted, which is a valid well, point. And there's one thing that I that I that um kind of like throws me off is that they're really like stressing that there hasn't been a missing person it's not an abduction mm-hmm. it's a missing person and um um there's um they spoke to somebody in a, in an article that i read that they were talking about and i cannot find it anywhere and i looked and i think i i i asked you about it i don't remember if, uh, if we talked about this or not but um they said this is the this is somebody this is one of the village heads that that said this um, that it was mm-hmm. the first case of missing person at this resort. This resort, because if you heard of the case of the missing tre- trekker in Gunung Berimbun, mm-hmm. it's normal. But I looked yeah. everywhere and I can't find anything about this missing trekker anywhere yeah. in Gunung Gunung Berimbun. Well, so it's not uncommon I, I, I that no smaller countries like this. Um, will control what's posted and so any evidence that somebody else may have been missing if it's not an international story may have just been wiped from the internet really right or not even reported right so the name of the resort that they're staying at was called the dasun then it's spelled d-u-s-u-n so if you're going to look it up it's d-u-s-u-n and it's it sound it it's pronounced dasun 
Um, a couple of things I want to uh, mention about the resort, besides the fact that at, tw at 20 adults, they, they consider that max capacity. No, there's no doubling up. No, uh, we don't do 21. Um, one of the th things that I, I want to say is that they definitely, the owners are definitely um, very involved with the, the surrounding community. They only hire people that live in the live in the, the the villages you know around mm -hmm. um they put the they put money out there to to sponsor some of the na nature uh you know programs and stuff that they have around there um and there's actually cameras that they sponsor they have a camera that they sponsor through a um a uh let's see the program is called my cat so um, the area, they do have cameras in their area then. It's just a matter of, you know, what they're finding on them or whatever. And one of the other things I was wondering was like, you know, this place is so far out there. What is there for a kid to do? And right. and so I looked online and um, they they actually don't even allow, they, they allow children. But when you, when you book your party, when you book your, your, your how many people are going, you mm -hmm. don't include the children in your booking and they tell you that on their website. Please do not include it says you do yet yeah, are our children allowed? Yes, but do not include children when you book. Instead, reply to the booking email letting us know how many children you have. Each house is limited to two children if you have maximum capacity adults. So uh, that was a little bit strange to me. Um another thing that was strange to me was that um you know, uh, they have no phone. There's no phone oh. number for the Dusun. So if you want to get a hold of them, you have to go through Facebook to oh, get wow. a hold of them. And so I, I'm assuming this is because they're so far off the grid. But right. then I go and I read, they have Wi-Fi at the dining patio. So it can't be that far out there that they don't have access to a phone. So, um, and cell phone service, cell, cell phones are, are available, work out there from Cellcom is the name of the company and patchy service from other providers. So, um, we're talking about terrain where there's not a lot of, you know, um, like tech, technological type stuff out there. Um, right. and, and is the Dassun suitable for children The they say that, you know, they can peer at fish and tadpoles, watch frogs hop around, look for birds. They have a playground, a kid's pool. They have high chairs and baby cots if the, if the guests need them. There's a deer park. Um, they say uh, bring mosquito repellent. But um, again, they they tell you, you know, is is the dissoon suitable for children? They tell you all about all this, you know, whoa, let's, let's, they can watch frogs and watch tadpoles and look for deer and that type of stuff. But um, again, they, they want to reiterate, do not add your children to your booking request. You have to let them know through their booking system when you're, when you're booking, your booking request is processed that you have children that are going to come stay with you. So I don't know how all that works because I mean, if there's 20 adult or 20 in you know, and you're at capacity at 20 and you say you rent out uh, all, all of the, 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 the little cottages or, or houses or whatever you want to call them. And, and you're at capacity, uh, at 20 adults, are you going to go and you're going to add 
an adult a child or a child to every room because that just seems like then you're gonna have pissed off customer yeah. anyways I, that can be a whole another story but uh i mean i just kind of think that's kind of strange like the the I, I get that they're off the beaten path. I get that they're far out there. I get that they're like an hour and a half away from like the nearest airport and that type of thing. The, and this was the other thing, the last thing that really like bothered me that kind of like stuck out to me was that we have a trusted taxi driver who speaks English and he's based oh. on, he's available based on uh, his availability. And we recommend, uh, or they recommend that they book the taxi for you and he will drive them to you. He will drive them to the, to the, the Dasun. Other taxis could get lost. You may not be able to communicate with other drivers and they can, they won't, they won't, um, uh, uh, um, be held responsible for any other taxi services or anything, any, any travel, traveling arrangements that anybody can make, but anywhere from a four by four to a Porsche can get there on their own if they wanted that so there's that <laughs> so they were able to track Nora's sense within yeah. 4,000 feet of this resort I'm not sure yeah. in which direction or what and then the scent just disappeared said. yeah I don't think they did and then 4,000 feet and then nothing There was a report of... They, an, used, they did use dogs for that. Yeah. There was a report that on Sunday, I think it was Sunday, somebody saw a white woman swimming in the river. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for that report to get back to authorities, apparently. Um, it's weird because... It's been, what, three, four days now? Yeah. Three days. And everybody knows that she's missing there. It's it's a big thing there. Um, they have right. a lot of people on the ground. They've been... they The family knows people who have connections there, so they've been really getting out the word. It's mm-hmm. weird that somebody would have seen somebody swimming in the river and not say, hey, are you okay? Do you want to come here? Yeah. You know... It's it's an odd sighting, and it hasn't been confirmed that it's her or not. And we don't even know how deep this river water is, and and yeah. um, there's no there's no there's no even not anything not even from it. her family that says that she can even swim, or mm-hmm. you know if so. I mean, it could be anybody. But the family but, believed I mean, she was abducted, and to be honest, yeah. I kind of do too. Yeah, with the open window, why would she go out the open window when she could go out the front door if she was going to go on her own? Right. Yeah, it's very, it's very sketchy. I don't, yeah, I don't think, I feel like if the family believes that much that she was abducted and, like, they know she didn't just wander off, then that means a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... So they're using a helicopter. They've been using sniffer dogger, sniffer dogs, sniffer doggers. Yeehaw! Um, local villagers are eating, and they have 170 people that are involved in the search operation. And they don't say say whether or not um, 
that is um, both law enforcement and and citizens. But so 170 people are involved in the local local indigenous people, the Orong Asli are mm-hmm. also helping to look for the children for the for the girl so um and it's really hard to get information because a lot of this stuff is is in another language and you have to right we're getting it. this there's there's an image of a board have you seen it the whiteboard no i need to post it because maybe we could find somebody that can translate it it's not in english but it it seems to be like their search plan um Oh, it's really? on Twitter. I'll I'll post it. <laughs> okay. So that is the case of Nora Corin, and again, we have the thread in the vault. We're continuing to follow it. Um, I'm looking for updates. Yeah, I look several times a day. I've got it on my tweet deck alerts um, for any updates on her. Before we go. We have another update on R. Kelly. Oh, do we? Yeah. Just the new charges for R. Kelly. Um, I feel like every week we have an update on R. Kelly. Yeah, lately, yeah. Yeah. Um, So R. Kelly was charged again, this time in Minnesota. And he has, I'm not going to go into detail on them, but it's two charges and they are engaging in prostitution with a minor and hiring someone for a sexual contact. And these charges stem for from an incident in 2001. So I feel like R. Kelly is going to win like some sort of record for like <laughs> the most charges of separate cases in one year. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's not he's he's literally been in his own world and doing his own thing and mm-hmm. just doing whatever he wants and he literally just he believes he's above everybody else. He he, he has I don't think he has any clue what a dumbass he is and how yeah. how he looks. People so. like him just think that they you know, they're toxic. So they just feel like they are entitled to this. Yeah. I mean, he even even says he has no money, but then, you know, he can come up with this and that for whatever reason, but whatever. Yeah. We'll keep you guys updated on our galley. Yeah. So the molester. Yeah. That is basically our updates for this week. We do have that hearing on Friday with FOTUS, but other than that, um, things are pretty quiet. We did start a new case in the Court TV group. Um, On Court TV, they started Tennessee versus Boyd this week. Um, That case, you guys may be familiar with without even knowing. Um, So... Several years ago, I think it was in 2007, um, Christopher Newsom and Channon Christian um, were kidnapped, both of them. And they were gruesomely raped and murdered, both of them. And several people have gone on trial and been convicted. And this is just another person 
who participated in this, it's a very hard trial to watch, but that is our um, court TV case this week. And it's been, it's been pretty interesting so far. Now, are you watching that on your TV or are you watching that on, on the, on, on your, your computer? I watch it on TV because they have, you know, I don't have cable. I just use my Amazon Fire TV and they have a free app and you could get the free app on Amazon Fire TV or Roku. Um, you could also watch it on your computer or your phone at courttv.com. And okay. it is in some um, markets right now on cable. And I do believe that in October, I think I read it was October, they're expanding and they'll be in the majority of cable markets. Okay. That's all we have this week. Nikki didn't show up. I'm sad. No, she's probably yeah. not well next again. week. We we hope you feel better, Nikki. Um Yeah, I don't I really don't think we have anything to look forward to this next week. We'll just yeah, Je- I think we'll just have we have the photos thing and that's about it. Yeah. We'll keep you guys updated on all our cases. Um, I'll make sure the link to our page and group is posted in the, um, episode description so that you have it, the real one. And we'll see you back here next week. See you later, Gators. All right. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this, please join our Crime Connect Facebook page. From there, you could join our main group, The Vaults. And we have so many different case-specific groups. They're all listed on the Crime Connect page. I would love for you to join us and follow us. See you there.